Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Hey everyone, and welcome back to A Little Better. We're glad you're with us. Thank you so much for listening and watching, whichever one you do. My name's Aaron Hickson. I'm the Rochester Campus Pastor, and I'm here with Drew Karshner, the lead pastor of Northridge Church. Excited to be jumping back into the conversation this week. And uh, as always, we would ask that if you've got questions or comments or ways that you want to engage, please do that. You can rate, share, review, subscribe on whatever you listen to, whether that's on the podcast app that you use. That's great. Even just rating and reviewing there makes a big difference for us. But then also, if you're on social media, comment, share it. Um, that's how the algorithm works, is it likes interaction. So the more you interact with it, the better it gets. That algorithm, man, it's always in the background. So thank you very much for doing that and uh, for engaging each week. We love doing it, and we hope that you guys are able to benefit from it. So, Drew, I talked this week, which means I don't know if I'm interviewing myself or if you're interviewing me. So go for it. <laughs> Well, one, thank you. Um, it's always good to have a, a week off, catch catch my breath. Um, this Moses series has been so good. It's been mm. so good for me and um, just, you know, learning about Israel and Moses as a leader. And uh, I, I, I have heard from many people that they've enjoyed it. So well, let's kind of dive in, but let's, let's start, you know, it's November 1st. So you know, that means Aaron, right? Do you know what that means, Aaron? I would like to think it means that we're getting ready for Thanksgiving, but I don't think that's what you're going to say. No, that's yes. That partially we're getting ready for the holidays. I mean, wow. 2020. It's weird. It's been the craziest year, but it feels like it at some level it's flown by. Like we're almost to the end. I mean, spirit fingers, hallelujah. We're almost to I the know. end. It's the um, weirdest. I, I was saying something the other day. I'm like, I think I've, I think I've aged like four years in in the whatever, eight months or something that it's been since March, I guess 10 months now or whatever. What am I saying? Seven months. But at the same time, it so I feel like I've aged five years, but it also has gone incredibly quickly. But also, yeah, I don't know. As exactly as you were describing, time has both flown by and slowed down dramatically. Like I can't imagine the world of January. It just was so long ago. Yes, I describe it as this. It's been agonizingly fast. Wow. Ooh, there we go. Agonizingly mm -hmm. fast. There it is. And I'm assuming that that means that you are being agonizingly too fast about putting up Christmas trees. <laughs> well, yes, I put up four yesterday. Four. Four so, on November the 1st. That yeah. is something. It, in my defense, my wife has a design business and she does a Christmas tour. So you can't give people decorating you know, options for Christmas in December where people have already decorated. So That's very true. That's it's true. very strategic, but... Our outside lights are starting to go up. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a winter wonderland here. And it hasn't even snowed in Rochester yet. I kind of woke up with a little bit of snow in my backyard today. I don't know about you. They call Great. it hail, Aaron. They okay. call that hail. Living in Rochester, you should know the difference between hail and snow. That's, but, you know. that's true. I guess I should know better. But I did. Grayson was <laughs> really hoping to make snowballs. And I had to break the news that like, dude, we need substantially more snow before there will be snowballs. I love how he doesn't even he doesn't even go for a snowman. He just goes straight for the violence of a snowball. <laughs> my kids excitement for snow literally is like through the roof right now. And come March, it starts It's like, Oh, my word, it's snowing. It's snowing. Yes. And then it's like, 
are you kidding me? It's snowing again? Why, Jesus? <laughs> I don't know where they get that from either. Like, yeah, um, I have no idea. Yeah, you and Ashley have just such a balanced view of snow and stuff. So, <laughs> Anyway, the point I was trying to get to is, you know, what are some, this time of year, what is your, what's your flow for the holidays? Yeah, I feel like, you know, yesterday I got home, I warmed up some apple cider, and I, I had told Lauren in advance, Bill's Patriots, I wanted to watch that game. And I don't normally watch, like, all of a football game ever. Um, and certainly not live. We're signed into some YouTube TV account that I'm fairly certain we don't, I know we don't pay for. I don't know. I actually don't even know whose, whose account it is. Somebody came over and signed in and I just haven't asked any questions, but like, I'll watch it delayed, you know, so I can skip commercials or whatever. And I sat down, we both boys went to bed and I was sitting there with apple cider. Mm. I opened a window. So it was like cold and I wanted a blanket and I watched some of the game and I was like, you know what? This feels like fall. I think, I, I read a book, Lauren and I were reading, we took a little nap, we watched the game with apple cider, and I felt like, this is November. This is November. Well done, dude. Well done. Hot apple cider. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty it's, good. So, what about you? Like, what did you guys, what's a November day for you? I mean, similar. We're, we we kind of are a hybrid of Thanksgiving and Christmas right now. So we're drinking apple cider and peppermint mochas. So okay, <laughs> like all kind of blends together. So you know. I do feel like there's a there's a line for me that like December is cocoa and November is still apple cider. Like I maybe I've never thought about it until right now, but I do think that's a thing. Like if I'm gonna have a warm beverage, it shouldn't be cocoa until it's December. I prefer apple cider over cocoa all day long. So I'll just drink apple cider into December. Okay. Uh, you know, or if I'm going if I'm going Christmassy, I'm gonna go peppermint mocha flavoring in my coffee or like gingerbread. Oh, okay. I'm not going hot cocoa. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I mean, obviously I'm never doing peppermint and mocha cause that's peppermint and chocolate. So I'm staying as far away from that as I can get, but, uh, that's, that's my own problem. I don't know what to say about that. And I've given up on football. So, you know, 2020, the Cowboys have taken that disease. Fully. It's just, you fully might as well, you might as well embrace it because at least everything's going down at once, but Oh yeah, my. there's high school teams. I could beat them. My high, my high school didn't even have a football team and I still think we could have beat them this year. <laughs> So we're going to move on into Moses because I don't want to talk about football because I will. Yeah, we can't even talk about what I'll do. Anyway, Moses, he is here. So let's talk about this weekend. Um, You know, I was talking to my wife after the uh, message. I was like, hey, babe, you know, it's always good to get a fresh perspective because, Mm -hmm. you know, we write our sermons together. So even though you spoke, we kind of like we we informed on what this looked like. And I, I guess the we'll start here. One thing that stood out to my wife was when you talked about Israel's, you know, weird connection with God here. And we don't know a lot about how well, uh, Israel knew Yahweh God there. It's like this, they're discovering who he is through this, you know, freedom. But one thing she was like, I never thought about was, you know, they've seen God deliver them, but they're still in this relationship where God, you kind of have to prove yourself to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, because, you know, we don't know much about you and, and it's right. weird to know all there, but like, just talk to me about that, uh, that a little bit. Cause it really stuck out to my wife. She's like, I never thought about it that way. I, th- I always judge Israel, but like, I think it makes more sense to me. Yeah. And, and it was funny. I didn't, uh, going into writing this message, you know, we had outlined like, here's the chapters we want to cover. We're going to make sure you cover God's provision. Like you had given me a sense of like kind of where I needed to go, but then it was on me to, you know, dig into the text and figure it out. And actually I just realized sitting on the floor right here, 
is my, uh, um, for our watchers, you'll be able to see, I printed out, this is a pretty normal thing, you know, that we would do is just print out the text and start highlighting stuff and like trying to make connections. So I got all my notes here sitting and it wasn't until I was reading and I kept finding in blue here, if you were looking blue is every time there's a test that said. And so like, I kept finding the word test all over the place and I'm making these connections. And I remember like, why is everyone testing everywhere? Why is there so much testing? And then it was, you know, thinking about it more like, yeah, I guess that makes total sense. Like they're in a season where they're trying to figure out like, God, what in the world are you even up to? Like, why are we walking around the desert? We don't have any provisions, blah, blah, blah. They're testing to see if God can do it. And at the same time, God is establishing like the baby steps of this nation and testing to see if they're willing to follow him. And so um, I guess it was, it was mostly me asking questions that the, all of the examples of testing made me ask. And that was, you know, I, I didn't like find that in a commentary of like, this is an awkward early phase or something, but it just seemed to make sense of, yeah, I guess if I were in their shoes, that's what I would be doing too is yeah, God has come through for us. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of evidence but we read all of that through the lens of like the Exodus is going to be the defining mark of God's redemption of his people for all of Israel's history. But for them, it was just like this crazy thing that happened a month ago. It wasn't the Exodus. It was their life a month ago. And think about like how much we've gone through in the last seven months. It's just a whirlwind and there's lots of ups and downs and crazy. And you're not like, what does this mean about the world? You know, like typically we even say like history is what gives you the ability to, to do historical analysis. Like time has to go by before you can say like, oh yeah, I guess now I can put piece it all together. So I'm just feeling like the lived in experience of being an Israelite one month after the Exodus would not be, I can fully trust God. It would be like, yeah, he seems real powerful, but I, I'm still trying to test a little bit here. Well, I, well that's what I find somewhat fascinating and interesting is we view the Exodus as the climax of Israel's relationship with God. And really it's the beginning Mm. because before that is 400 years of what we would call silence. Mm. You know, God is not silent, but he's not out loud working for Israel to see. And so Mm -hmm. we view the Exodus as this huge moment, which it is, but it's really the beginning of the journey of God fulfilling his promises, Israel re getting to know God at some level, because Abram had a good relationship with them, but then they go into slavery and all this stuff. So it's like, wait, you know, it's such a weird, and my wife was just like, it changed my perspective of how I view Israel. And I thought that was really important to uh, like, as you read your Bible, seeing it through the lens of people actually living it versus how, you know, it, the story happens. Yeah. And that, yeah, the lived chronology of the Bible is important. It's kind of funny. Like we, we always should read with a New Testament lens. Like don't forget about Jesus is coming and what God has done through the cross and all that kind of stuff. If you get stuck in Leviticus and you don't know about Jesus, it's going to be a long ride. (laughs) Yeah. So I I think we have to keep that in mind, but at the same time, I do think it's really important that we read the Bible, you know, chronologically, I'm putting that in quotes, like understanding that it is a developing story and we're going to under we're, we're going to have more sympathy and understanding for the people involved if we can only know what they knew at any given moment and that has huge implications reading that way has huge implications 
Um, because we would even say like in the, in the hermeneutic that we would use that a, a text can't mean what it never meant. In other words, whatever it meant to the original audience, it has to mean that today. It can mean more than that, but it can't mean something inherently different than that. So God's promises to Abraham of a nation. Oh, well, then he's expecting, you know, people. <laughs> so that's why it makes sense that he has kids or whatever, like his promises throughout history have to make sense to the original audience. And so trying to read them that way and having the discipline to go, Okay, I know how this ends, but what if I didn't? And if I didn't, what would I know or think or do? And I can't, it was so easy for me. I made this mistake while I was reading even about the Sabbath during this story. It was like, oh yeah, the Sabbath, which of course they would have known because blah, 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 blah. And then I went, hold on. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> they don't know anything about the Sabbath. Now, you know, I actually did a little bit of digging and there's some indication that perhaps, you know, they were based on the creation paradigm of God resting on the seventh day, perhaps the people of Israel had been practicing that, you know, after Abraham and maybe God had begun dripping some of this vision, but like, I mean, there was no, certainly was no formal law. And while they're in Egypt as slaves, it's not like they're going to go to the Egyptians and be like, Hey, just so you know, like we need our seventh day off. Like, <laughs> I don't think it works that way in slavery. So, um, they actually remember it that way though. Cause they seem to always want to go back to Egypt. So they were like, yeah, even in Egypt, they gave us Shabbat. I know, I know. The fact that they want to go back there is always just perplexing. Not that I don't have dumb things that I do, but it is always like, really, guys? I I was pretty sure you wanted to be done with that. Um, So yeah, they. It was easy to miss. Like, no, no. This is the reason that God takes a little bit of extra time in chapter sixteen to explain some of the things related to Sabbath is because they're going, huh? Okay, so we don't work at all on the seventh day. Interesting, and that's a foretaste to what eventually comes and becomes the you know the fourth commandment is. remembering the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. So, and, and after that, some very strict rules about following the Sabbath, like a guy ends up, you know, being killed for collecting wood on the Sabbath. So God takes it easy here, but soon he will not be taking it easy about things like the Sabbath. I also love that about God. You talk about him kind of like slowly dripping things that he's going to like make law I just love that because I think it it relates to leadership. It relates to how God works is he doesn't just throw a law out there to the nation of Israel and be like, Hey, follow this. I know you've never experienced it. Like he, he, he's so perfect in how he slowly instills things in people, but then there's always a purpose behind it. And I think you can easily miss that in some of the texts we look at this weekend, seeing God slowly dripping the, the future he has for this nation nation and, the laws that they're going to have to follow and, and, and obey and abide in. Totally. And the Sabbath one was interesting in reading it because it's, it definitely feels like um, almost like he's being petty because it's like, Hey, collect all this stuff, but only one day's worth. And then at the end it's like, no, not one day's worth, do two days worth. And it's like, okay, wow, this is confusing. And it took me a little bit to put my head around like, okay, how does collecting just enough for each day demonstrate trust and rest? And how does collecting two days worth at the end of every week demonstrate rest? And having to like wrestle that to the ground was definitely part of the prep process of figuring out like in what way would those be reasonable tests? And then eventually, you know, I think it does become clear, like both of them are a good test of your ability to trust God because I only get our daily bread, which is sort of like, you know, the shout out to that, that Jesus talks about in the new Testament. Um, in the Lord's prayer, he's talking about, you know, give us this day our daily bread. And that's a, in the, in the mind of a, of an Israelite, our daily bread would have immediately been, of course, manna, you know, like that was their, that was everything they knew about daily provision was, was related to manna. So 
that demonstrates it, but also not working demonstrates rest, which is, I think, something for our culture that we don't do nearly enough of is recognizing the power of Shabbat or rest, which rest and seven, actually, their words sound similar in Hebrew, which there's a bunch of wordplay going on in this passage, which I also love. Like Shabbat was wordplay, Masah, Meribah, Rephidim, um, Mana or Manhu, like all of this wordplay. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Um, and you're laughing because you're like, classic. <laughs> No, I straight up want to want to compliment you of like, it, it never like, it just surprises me every time. Like there's no way Aaron can get a really dorky joke in here, but you always squeeze one in. And literally I leaned over to Ashley during the sermon at our Webster game. I was like, are you kidding me, Aaron? Are you kidding me? Oh, I was dying laughing. Cause I know you and that's just you. It's you, you're up there being you, which I love. Uh-huh. So, uh, okay. I have a question for you because one, I like people to know that like when we prep these messages, it's not like, Hey, our people need this. Like these are just, these are messages from, for us as much as anybody else. And Mm -hmm. for me, that gotcha moment was when you were talking, uh, in the, I think it was the third scene and basically what went from a question in the first scene of like, Hey, what are we going to drink to give us something to drink? That was a moment. What I, what I call like sermons, a gotcha moment where it like hit me hard. Cause I was like, dude, I do that with God in my relationship. You know, like mm-hmm. what easily in my life goes from God, I need you to provide this for me. I'm, I'm dependent on you to like, God do this because I want it. And mm-hmm. I, it, that hit me. I, I don't know. Like, it's weird how every, in a sermon, certain moments hit, but like, that's where God like totally was like, Hey, Drew, cool. you, you have, you have become that way with me sometimes where you just, it, it's not bad to expect something out of God, but it's a whole nother level to like, demand or test God to do something. Yeah. I was curious in, in your message, what was that? What was that moment for you where you were like, ouch, God, yep. Uh, yes. That that's for me more yeah. than anything else. I think for sure it was just the idea that God's provision isn't just his provision because I've been experiencing it sort of in an inverse way where like, a couple of things I even mentioned it in offering talk a while ago, we had a van die and like a couple things came up where like, and, and a lot of people are experiencing this during the pandemic where um, we're thinking about our finances differently. Like I'm definitely in like a hunker down, like mm-hmm. let's be really careful about what we spend. We're always like on a budget, but being like really careful about like, okay, do I really need this Duncan run? No, I don't. I'm not going to do it this time. You know, like I'm in that kind of a season we are as a family. And as we were doing that, I think I've been realizing my anxiety levels, as I pay closer and closer attention to my budget, it doesn't bring me more and more freedom. It brings me more and more stress. Like the more I look at it, the more I stress about it. And I'm going to continue to do that at the moment of like keeping a close eye on it because I think that that's the right choice for us right now. But it has brought me this level of like, I'm back checking bank apps. I'm like, you know, I'm like digging deep of like, where did this money go? Or I'm going to move it around. Or could we, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of all these strategies of money. And that whole time, I, what this message did was make me realize like, whoa, a time where I feel like things are tighter. I'm a, my anxiety is up, my stress is up and my trust is going into, do I have the right numbers in the right places? It does not immediately run to Thank you, God, for all you've done. Thank you for how you provide. I trust in you to provide. Like, it doesn't go to God. It goes immediately to my control of the situation, which what that was showing me was just like, hey, God's providing me what I'm in need of to see what I'm made of. And right now, in a moment where I feel less, um, you know, like 
throwing money around or something. I don't feel like that. It immediately revealed in me that actually I depend on money for my, my security. And without feeling like I have less of it, I'm immediately less secure. And that was just the huge, for sure, the lesson for me of recognizing I put so much of my security in a place that is insanely in, unstable. And God absolutely revealed that in me just with like a quick season here where we're checking the budget more. Like that's so cl- a classic example of how he has more for me than just, you know, the grocery budget. <laughs> there's, there's more going on here. Sure. Dude, that will speak to somebody today. <laughs> I mean that I'm sure that that'll encourage somebody and challenge somebody today. Cause I, at some level, everybody's kind of dealing with that. It's like, okay, Hey, hold on COVID, you know, right. what do we have? What are we going through? What know? industry other than Amazon is not having that conversation right now? You know? Mask making, right? Some <laughs> yeah. make a million Whoever masks. makes masks is like, I feel great right now. <laughs> we all missed it. I don't know what industry you're in, but it's not mask making and you missed it. Uh, Shout out to Heather, by the way. I don't know if Heather li- listens to the podcast, but at the Webster campus, uh, she brought me 20 Northridge design masks. I was like, are you joking? Go. Seriously, let's go. Okay. So they're black. They got the Northridge brand. I was like, these are awesome. I'm, I'm going to be promoting Northridge church on my face everywhere. Now <laughs> you already kind of do for the record. I think people well, probably recognize you, but in a different way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So uh, another thing I feel like just randomly, um, as I was studying, um, was Moses striking the rock. I mean that I don't want to, I don't want to give it away too much because I know that that's coming in a later week, but realizing how much more context that future story has when you see like, here's Moses, he's doing the right thing. He strikes the rock and water comes from it and God provides and everything is right. It was like, oh, wow. Again, having already written that future message, realizing like, oh, wow, that this is exactly the same. And it's understandable to see why Moses ends up making the mistake that he does after all of this complaining and frustration. He eventually handles that future situation wrong with the muscle memory of this occasion. You know? Yeah, no, I, I remember when we were writing this, uh, this sermon, we were like, wait, th- this isn't the strike the rock. Mo- wait, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. There's rock and striking, but this is no, this is the good striking not the bad striking. And uh, like, yeah, the, the, the nice rock, not the bad rock, you know, totally. <laughs> you see what I did there? Bad rock. Bad rock. No. Oh, now I get, I did not get it. I needed you to restate it. <laughs> well, that's one of your jokes. How, how in the world do you not get that? I was that's my that right up my alley. This <laughs> morning at SRT, Sermon Research Team, we were writing, and well, I had like six of them that I was like, oh, these are so good. And you're just like you're graciously leaving. I think them. I already them from the, the text. <laughs> While I was in, you're like, okay, yeah, that's really good, Aaron. Super good. <laughs> uh, I haven't, again, just behind, under the hood here, like I haven't had a message in a while that I felt like. Um, I struggled to know what my point was. Usually the point of what I'm trying to say comes soonish and then I can continue to work through. This one took me forever. And I actually, I came down, I don't know, I was writing one time and I came down from, you know, up here, I'm up in the bedroom. I came downstairs, I told one, I'm like, I finally have my bottom line. I was like, I, the testing what you're, um, I already forgot it. My, my own sermon. He provides us what we're in need of to see what we're made of. I finally came up with that. And I was just like, yeah, I have a point. <laughs> Lauren's like, really cool. Really cool. I'm so glad. 
Um, but it feels like an important thing for you to have this late in the process. <laughs> sometimes it, it, sometimes it's hard to like what you walk through one, you covered, you know, three chapters of, of scripture, very similar, but different events in Israel's history, mm-hmm. but they all kind of get to this place that are, that are leading them to the same spot of like, Hey, you can bank on God. You can bank on him, but he's not providing you just with food. Mm-hmm. You know, he is forming you into a people, a nation that is his nation. And, you know, that that's hard to come by. Yeah. And I would say for people, occasionally, you know, this podcast goes all over the place in terms of what we talk about. But I, I think it's always helpful for people to know that this stuff isn't just like, we don't make this stuff up out of nowhere. And it's also not like we have all these insane resources that nobody else has access to so that we can write these messages. Obviously we both went to school and there are commentaries and that kind of stuff. But like in writing this message, just to be encouraging to people again, I literally, and we do this kind of thing frequently, printed out all of the passages I was supposed to cover and just started writing all over it. And it wasn't until like, if you're looking at this page, it says like cycle one and then cycle two, as I'm reading through and highlighting that all the connections finally came together, like you can do this. This is what Bible study is, is just spending enough time with your text. And even again, sometimes just printing it all out and looking at it so you can go, okay, I'm going to highlight test in pink, which is what I did. And now, oh my word, test is everywhere. And like, Every time um, they grumbled, I put that in a different color. So I'm seeing all the testing and grumbling and, oh, this is kind of a cycle. We didn't go into this saying like, you should cover the three cycles of grumbling from Exodus 15, 16. It was like, God provides for them in this section. See what you can come up with. In fact, it was even supposed to include originally the story of Moses and then the Amorites or the Amalekites. I can't remember. He's got his hands up in the air and they, they hold his hands up so that they can defeat the enemy. It was supposed to include that. And I was going to include it. And then it wasn't until reading the, the thing carefully that I realized like, oh no, these three can go as a unit. So we're going to narrow it down. So that's just an encouragement for people. Like as you study your Bible, don't feel like pastors or whatever, especially if you're newer to this, that pastors have some special thing. Yeah, obviously training is helpful, but sure. everything I learned about the Hebrew was Googleable or is literally a footnote in your Bible. Like I'm serious, the, the mana mana thing is... It's an actual footnote in every Bible. It will say next to the word manna. It says the word for what is it sounds like manna. <laughs> so I didn't, that wasn't like some big, I had to go learn Hebrew to do this. You guys can do this. You can study your Bible. You can have the kind of insights that you receive on Sunday mornings. And to be honest, you know, Drew and I, we talk about this. That's the goal. <laughs> the goal is not for you to feel like I have to go to the gurus to learn something. It's that the Bible is accessible. And if you're a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the guiding, leading influence of the Holy Spirit, just like we do. And you can access God's word and mine it for the truth that you need. Right. And don't be afraid to wrestle with the text. I think people are like, hey, I read that. I got to move on the next day. Like, it's okay to read the same text over and over. That's what we do when we sermon prep. We read the same text over and over and over again. And it's amazing how alive, I love that the Bible describes the Bible as alive because Mm -hmm. when you read the same text, it's funny how you notice different things each time you read it. And so like wrestle with texts, you know, pray for wisdom. God, I don't understand this. Make it clear to me. Read it again. (laughs) Pray it again. Read it again. And it's amazing how, you know, you're, the spirit living inside of you makes the Bible come alive in, in your in your heart and your head. So wrestle with the scriptures. Yeah, and different, you know, this this process, whatever, for me in this particular case, it's probably four weeks 
from the time I was really starting to dig into it for the first time until I was preaching it. And so, and that's, that's a lot of time, you know, that's hours and hours of different versions. And I, the only reason I even printed out, sometimes I do that. This was necessary because it was such a long section that I was like, I can't get my head around it again. I'm like getting frustrated. I'm all over my whiteboard. I can't figure it out. And that's the process of saying like, thankfully you've got this horrible thing of a deadline. Like I have to come up with something to say by this particular date, which certainly helps the motivation part of it. But just saying like, I'm not going to let this thing go until I've learned from it what I need to learn. And that's why it can be so personal and feel so, um, you know, it changes us as we go is that like, you really have to allow it to drag it to the ground, learn what you're supposed to learn from it, and then try to put it in a way that you can give it to somebody else. And that's the process of Bible study. I would just, you know, remind our people that this is accessible, not only accessible, it's vital for your life for the rest of your life. We can't depend on other people simply to bring us the scriptures on their own. We've got to, we've got to learn from other, I mean, we got to be able to learn on our own. Yep. Well said. All right. We're, I'm supposed to be hosting this thing and I'm just talking too much. Timer says we're at 2817. Let's call it a day. <laughs> Wrap this thing up. Sweet. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. And I just want to remind you, as you engage with this, so it will spread. So if you wouldn't mind giving us a rate, share, review, subscribe, whatever it is, questions can always come to podcast at northridrochester.com. It'll land right in my inbox when that happens, and I'd be happy to interact with it. We, we love hearing from you guys. So thanks so much, and we will see you next time.